0: Welcome to Live Your Own Way with me, Lucy Gleason Interiors, chatting homes, life and inspiration with my very special guests. I'm having a chat today with interior stylist and photographer Tamsin Morgans, who has a wealth of experience in her field. Her work has adorned the front of many interior magazines and her home is often featured online and it is a thing of beauty. But not only is Tamsin an inspiration for her clever photographic eye, she is someone I call a friend. We met some time ago now, uh, first in our lovely local seaside town of Southwold, where we bonded over a cup of tea and some cake and a walk by the infamous beach huts. Hello Tamsin, how's it going there in lovely Norwich? Good, actually, thank you. Um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Just been kind of pottering around and painting today. So how's how's your photography? Have you been doing some today at home? Um, today, I've actually been working on some video content
1: that I'm doing for a client, which is all quite new to me, quite exciting, and a massive learning curve as well. So um, I've been spending a lot of time on YouTube today, put it that way.
0: <laughs> Do you find uh, YouTube quite helpful then? Yeah it's amazing
1: um I always I I go to YouTube for absolutely (laughs) anything that I'm struggling with um but especially yeah photography tips and Lightroom tips Lightroom is the editing suite that I use for my photographs um yeah and for doing video that because it's all quite new to me doing videos so um yeah I've been using YouTube a lot
0: for that Oh, cool. Well, I hope we're going to see some of that on your Instagram, but we'll come to that in a bit. I was going to, well, you know, you're here to talk about photography. That's what you do. So how did you train? How did you start? Well, I haven't actually been formally trained, so I
1: haven't actually been to university um, to study photography. Um, Although I have been doing photography for about 20 years. And when I went freelance in 2016, um, I actually started assisting a commercial photographer. Um, which has been, to be honest, the best thing I could have ever done for my photography career because I've learned so much from him. It's not the most glamorous job, I will say that. There's a lot of hoiking equipment around um, and standing out in the rain holding reflectors and whatnot. But in terms of being actually with a, a commercial photographer. I mean, he's he's pretty old school. He's been doing it for 20 years. So he's, he's an absolute wealth of knowledge. So it's been brilliant following him around and seeing how he does it. Um, he really does it by the book. So taking what I've learned from him, and he's really generous as well with his knowledge. He's been amazing at showing me what he's doing, talking talking me through it. Um, so I've learned an awful lot with him. And then again, I think really the rest of it are completely self-taught so it's been a bit of a um it's been a massive learning curve i'd say over the last sort of 5 to 10 years i mean it's only the really really the last couple of years that i've had the confidence to call myself a photographer um i think before then i had a bit of imposter syndrome but i'm at the point now where i'm like yes i can do this and that is what i'm going to call myself but i'm still learning i will say that now it is something that i don't think you can ever really be completely full of knowledge you you have to keep learning because technology keeps changing and trends keep changing um kit keeps changing so you have to keep it does keep you on your toes a bit so you do have to be willing to keep learning i think when it comes to photography and you have to keep practicing because if you don't keep practicing and and you know learning trying out new things um trying new ideas and i think you
0: can get quite stale so i think to keep fresh you have to you have to keep learning all the time it's really funny hearing you talking about imposter syndrome because your photography is so good, but it just shows that anyone can feel like that.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those industries. um, So the longer I've been in it, the more I see of it. And I I think it's, dare I say, I think, I think it's changing now for sure. Um, But I think in the past, it has definitely been a very male dominated uh, industry. So, I think it really is a case of having that confidence to compare yourself with all the other professional photographers out there who've been doing it for 20, you know, twenty thirty 30 years. And they're absolutely amazing. So it, it's just a case of, you know, keep learning and building up your confidence and really believing that you have got a skill and that you can, you know, that you can do well, I think.
0: And with all the different types of photography out there, what draws people to a specific type? for instance obviously interior photography as opposed to fashion? Yeah I think some photographers I think do cross some boundaries and
1: do a bit of everything so the, the photographers I generally work with because I also do styling as well so I've got some photographers that I work with um, and I think generally they do a bit of everything I think commercial photographers have to have um, have to be a bit of a jack-of-all-trades so they need to be able to do product photography interiors and fashion and then obviously you've got the big photographers who really are just going to do fashion. They're not going to be doing product photography as well so much. So um, yeah, some people tend to do just one type of photography. For me personally, it's generally interiors, um, product, although I would love to um, photograph people more. That is something that I've really been working on in the last year and Trying to build up my confidence because it is a different skill set, I think, shooting people um, compared to shooting, you know, still life products, interiors, they don't move. So it's a different um, set of skills completely when you. Come to shooting people and fashion, that kind of thing.
0: Well, you took some photos for me, didn't you, for my portfolio? I did, yes. Fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's definitely something I want to do more of. But it, as I say, it's
0: just a case of building up your confidence. But yeah, that was good fun, wasn't it? We got some really nice shots out of that. That was really good fun. What was your first feature for shooting interiors for a magazine? Um, my
1: first properly commissioned one was probably... Year are we now? so uh, 2019 and I did my first home tour for Reclaim magazine um, and I actually when I do home tours now I work with a writer slash stylist called Alice Roberton and so we go in together and we shoot this home story and she does all the writing I do the photography but we both style and do the art direction together um, so that's how it sort of started a couple of years ago really obviously the pandemic has Taken a bit of a hit because we were doing really well, we were ramping up and we were really getting into our stride, and then of course, Covid hit. It's taken a bit of a um, setback, which is fine because it will come back. It is something that we really love doing, we love working together, we find it really inspiring. So, I am looking forward to a time when I can get back to shooting home tours because I really love telling that story. Yeah, what are you missing about it the most at the moment? Well, I've Getting out, working, working on shoots, uh, being with other people. Um, You know, I've got my children, um, which is absolutely wonderful. I'm so lucky to have them. Um, They live with me some of the time and they live with their dad some of the time, so they're not always here. Um, So, yeah, I do miss my friends and I miss company, I have to say. And obviously, working and being, you know, I'm quite an outgoing person, so I do love the company of other people. Um, So, yeah, I am looking forward to when we can get that all back.
0: Yeah. I suppose one of the good things is that we have social media in that we can do some work from home, like sharing pictures on Instagram and you have a very decent Instagram following. So ha- do you find it hard to keep up with all of that?
1: Um, yes, sometimes I do. I think social media can be all consuming. Um, and I think there's there's a reward factor, especially with Instagram which is obviously the pretty much the main one that I use um the more time you spend there the more the algorithm rewards you but at the same time I just don't want to spend all day there chained to my phone Uh, I think it's it's striking that balance um which I think is quite tough I think it's quite hard to get that balance right because they're quite they're quite naughty like that with the whole rewarding system um you know it kind of sucks you in I think and um you know, makes you spend a lot more time on the app than you probably would do otherwise. But um, yeah, I try and keep my hand in. I've got a lovely, lovely community of people there. I find it a very inspiring place. But sometimes I do fall a little bit behind, but I try and dip in and out. But sometimes it's a bit all or nothing, isn't it? I
0: think. I feel the same. I try to have breaks and when I'm not doing it, just completely switching off and thinking about something else because at the end of the day, it is just an app, isn't it? And we can easily get sucked in. So yeah, it's addictive. So let's talk about your equipment for your shoots what sort of camera do you use and what other pieces of equipment do you use okay so
1: my main camera is a full frame camera it's a canon 5d mark III, which i actually bought second hand um i highly recommend looking at second hand uh, websites there is one that i can recommend they're called mpb.com and i actually get loads of my kit from there now um lenses Camera body, all sorts of stuff. They're really brilliant. um, So I can highly recommend them. So, yeah, I've obviously got that camera body, lenses. So, obviously, I've got a few different lenses. And in the last sort of 18 months, I've started realizing that the more you spend on a lens, the, the more amazing the quality. So, photography is an expensive business to to invest in but it it is exactly that it is an investment so I've obviously got a selection of lenses so that I can shoot anything from macro so macro is very very close up very magnified which is great for for example jewelry um if you're shooting jewelry and then I've got a selection of other lenses that I can shoot interiors with for for giving a different mood as well so I've got a more wide angle lens and then I've got um for example, a 50 millimeter lens, and they all just give you a slightly different mood, so you can come in and do close-ups, or looking through a doorway, or doing, a lot of magazines need big wide shots as well, so you need to have several different lenses in your kit in order to create the whole story. Um, You need a decent tripod, that's an absolute must. Um, All interior photography, you need to be shooting on a tripod, really. Um, What else have I got? I've got a selection of... um, uh, reflectors um which are brilliant for bouncing light into a dark corner and also for putting up I've got really really big ones and they actually unzip so that there's a filter inside so if you've got a bright a uh, bit of sunlight coming in through a window which actually isn't great you don't want that bright bright sunshine on on your scene I actually stick that up at window to sort of try and filter it a bit um, what else have I got I I shoot into a laptop, that's the other thing. So I have a tether cable, and literally, this means that when I shoot, this is something that I've learned from the photographer that I assist. Um, Shooting um, tethered is the only way I can do it now. So it basically means when I shoot, I shoot into a laptop, and the picture comes up straight away. So, um, Alice, who's the writer that I work with, we can see straight away on the laptop the photograph that I've just taken, rather than trying to look into the back of the camera because. Quite frankly, my eyesight isn't isn't up to that anymore. So um, shooting tethered is just one of the is just the best thing ever because straight away I can see my picture, I can see it large on my screen, and I can see what needs changing um, in order to move the shot on. Um, what else? That's pretty much it. I've just started. Um, I have just invested in some lights um but generally for interiors I tend to tend to
0: use natural light well that's what I was going to ask you about actually because you're just talking about light why is it so important to get light right in a shoot well me personally I think
1: uh, natural light has just got a beautiful mood to it so and although I have got lights and I have used them on a couple of occasions um really i tend to save them for when there's a very, very dark hallway or, you know, something like that. Generally, I try and use the natural light that, that, that's there, which is why I always shoot on a tripod so that I can shoot with a very, very slow shutter speed. Obviously, being here in the UK, you know, we're shooting all year round. And if it's November and we're going to a house, the, the light starts going at about three o'clock. So it just means I can stretch that shoot time out a little bit further if I really take my shutter speed right down, um, to get that shot. And that's why I use a, um, a tripod. Um, although obviously if you've got, if you're in an older property and there's wooden floorboards, you all have to sort of <laughs> stand there like a statue until the shot's actually on the camera because any tiny movement can make the camera shake. Um, but yeah, natural light. I just think it's, a, it's, the nicest mood. I think artificial lighting can sometimes make it all look a, a little bit, a little bit fake. So that that's my preference anyway. I do
0: love natural lighting. So what are the, the best settings then for daylight taking photos?
1: Okay, so when I've always got my camera on its tripod, I tend to use the, the the lowest ISO possible because when you adjust that, I take it up when I'm shooting on a very very slow shutter speed and it's a very dark time of day and then you take the iso right up um but during normal daylight hours you should try and keep that as low as possible because otherwise it can make the picture quite grainy Um, and then really my aperture i will it depends on the mood that i want to get for the photo so if it's um sort of more of a close-up image of an object and I won't want to blur the background out, then I tend to open the aperture up wide open and that lets in lots of light so then you need to adjust the shutter speed. Really it's a case of when, when your camera's on your tripod, I think the best thing to do is go onto your manual settings and just play with it. Just play with all the dials, play with all the buttons. Um, that's basically how I learned how to shoot on manual. Um, just by just by trial and error really i just put it on the on the tripod and i just try out all the different settings settings and just adjust all the buttons and all the dials until you get you get the light uh, in your picture that you really really want
0: because you know with phones nowadays they they can do so much can't they but what do you think they will never be able to do that a camera can do for a photo shoot well i mean i think
1: they have portrait modes now um on on, um, on phones don't they and I think when I had I had an iPhone before I think it was a 7 plus the I loved it I thought it was brilliant but the one I've got now I'm not so keen on it and I just don't it just doesn't work it just doesn't it's just not quite right and I just think they'll never really get that portrait mode ever it will never really compare with shooting on a larger camera I don't think. Um, but having said that, phones are absolutely incredible. I think if, you know what people can shoot on phones now. Well, I mean it's just amazing. They they have they have awards, don't they, for phone shooting on on an iPhone? And um, I think they're incredible. And they're in your back pocket. You can carry them around. The problem with this this camera that I've got here, it's just not very handy to carry around. It weighs an absolute ton. You know, I have to have a, have it in a big rucksack. So you know phone cameras at the end of the day are just absolutely amazing and they mean it it means that everybody can be a photographer because it's just in your back pocket it's there isn't it you can capture the moment without having to get all these lenses out and um
0: hold a big heavy camera up phones are just brilliant yeah I suppose it's a good way to start at least anyway isn't it even if you you know progress to using a camera instead Absolutely. You can do so
1: much with them now. And of course, all the editing apps that are out there, you can do so much with them. I mean, it's really it's quite a creative time, I think, to to be using a phone to take photographs. There's so many amazing apps and, edit, you know, editing apps and obviously of special effects. You know, you can get all the old um the old scratches and stuff, can't you? The old dust and all that sort of thing that you can put as an overlay onto your onto your photographs to get that real vintage effect. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. It's it's getting everyone
0: really experimental, and
1: um, I'm lov- I'm loving seeing it on on Instagram.
0: So, as an interior designer, I want to bring to life what the client needs by I create mood boards and plans, and then there's discussions, obviously, to make it all happen. Um, but then to show it in portfolios it does require good photography as well for people to see my work. How do you go about achieving in your photography what the client asks of you? Do you have discussions? How does that work? Okay. So there's two different um, ways that I do
1: it. Um, On the home tour shoots that I do, we tend to we we don't really have any discussion with the client beforehand because pretty much the sort of houses that we're photographing have got it all going on already. So it's just a case of going in and sort of really capturing that mood and the aesthetic of their home. My other clients, where it where, for example, they might have, uh, it might be a product that I'm shooting. I definitely try and speak with them beforehand, try and have a FaceTime or or a a telephone call, and I'll ask them to put together some sort of very rough mood board, or to send me a maybe invite me on Pinterest to one of their boards, just so that I can see the sort of images that they're actually looking for. Obviously, I have lots of input as well, and say, well, I can do it like this, Um, but obviously, I quite like to see what they're actually wanting so that I can make sure that we're you know both after the same end goal as it were so yeah we normally I normally get them to send me some photographs that they like um, or look at a Pinterest board and then what I've been doing for the last year since um, since obviously lockdown situation I've actually been sending them images as I shoot throughout the day via WhatsApp so that they can actually art direct from afar which has been absolutely brilliant a really brilliant way to sort of still carry on you know shooting during this time and it it really works actually because then they can say well yeah I like that but can you you know change change it slightly do this that and the other and so yeah so literally sending them all through on whatsapp so that they can okay
0: them as we're going along through the shoot and that seems to work quite well. Do you think do you think it's going to change the way that we work for the future how things are going at the moment because like you're saying being able to send things on whatsapp it's Possibly saving some time here and there isn't it
1: yeah I think I think it's going to be one of the positives actually that you don't have to be in the same room um as the person as your client I mean obviously it would be wonderful because it is great if they are actually here in my studio or if I'm there with with them on a location having them art direct it just it does make it all a lot easier but having said that it's all very doable um you know, it's absolutely fine. And we can still get really lovely results. And I've got a couple of clients as well where I've I've worked with them before face to face. And now because they know me, they know what they like um, and they know that what, you know they're happy with what I do that they kind of they send me their stuff and and sort of just leave me to it which is obviously a really great place to be I mean I'm really lucky because I have got a small studio here so it's it's perfect for doing products and I've got a lot of clients that send stuff from all over the country and then I just post it back to them so um I I do think that it will have an impact on the way that we work and I think there are some things that can be done um, like that can be done remotely, and um, you know, with something like WhatsApp, you can keep them up to date straight away, and it and it really works. And they can art direct from a hundred miles away. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. You've had your work featured in lots of magazines now. How does it feel to have your your work on front page? Well, it
1: it's amazing. It's a real honour, and it never it it's never lost on me how you know what an honour that is to have. photograph of mine on the front cover of a magazine I mean it's a it is a buzz I have to say um and I am really lucky you know I have it the house that you know this house has been featured lots of times in magazines and then in the last couple of years other houses as well so I'm gradually building up this portfolio and um I'm really proud of it actually because I have it, it, it is a different skill and I have had to learn it and I'm still learning very much. So, um, so it is, um, it's a real honor to have my photographs uh, featured in print though. And, and it, you know, it never gets old. I, it's always a real buzz when they come through the, the, the letterbox and I see it. It's lovely.
0: Yeah. Do you edit your photos for shoots? You know, after you've taken them, do you spend a lot of time editing afterwards? Yes, absolutely. Um, Basically, what I try and do, I try and get
1: the image as perfect as I can in the camera so that there's as little as possible that needs to be done afterwards in, you know, when I'm editing them. However, each and every image always goes through. I use Lightroom, um, which is an Adobe uh, system, uh, which is a way of editing your photographs. Um, and every single one of my photographs, all get they all get tweaked no matter what. Um, The ones that I do for the home tours, they actually, I run them through Photoshop as well, just to get all the lines really, really straight and to just to pull out the highlights and pull back the shadows, just to get them looking really, really sharp. But yeah, I do spend quite a lot of time editing. So yeah, that is definitely something that I've had to learn as well over the last few years. But it's actually a process that I really, really really love because you can take one photograph and you can edit it in. you can edit it in like four or five different ways you can make it look dark and moody light and bright you you know you can do some really fun stuff with it and i do i do love it but photoshop is something i'm still very much learning and again going back to youtube if there's something that i'm really stuck with i will i will just go on there and watch a few tutorials and um most of what i the way that i use photoshop i have mostly learned it through youtube i have to
0: say so yeah. Yeah, YouTube rocks. I, I watch it a lot as well. It's amazing. <laughs> Can you clear up a few um, keywords for photography? What does vignette mean? And what did, when when you talk about lines in photography, what does that mean? OK, so
1: vignette, I've actually been using that the last few years to describe um, like a still life. Or if you were to set up a scene um, in a room that was yeah, a still life with some objects, that's what I've actually been calling a vignette. But I have actually looked into it and what it actually means as well in terms of photography is when in the old days they did portraits and still life pictures and it had um, where it had an, a, a darkness around the edge, which is actually because of the lens. So uh, there is actually a setting in your phone. I think even in Instagram, you can add a vignette to a photograph and I think all editing suites you can actually... Um, add a vignette or actually take it away sometimes when I take a photo because of the lens I've used if it's a white wall then you will get this dark edge okay round round it like a circle around the very edge and you can actually take that out but just by using the slider on the vignette button on whatever editing app you're actually using um, or sometimes I actually add a vignette to my photographs if I'm wanting, if I've got fairy lights, for example, if I'm wanting more of a uh, moody, dramatic sort of feel to my images, then I'll actually uh, take that slider right up and add a dark edge around the outside just to make it look, and so you really focus on what's in the middle of the photo. So it is actually a really nice tool that you can use to really change the mood
0: of your photograph. And you can do that quite easily, can you?
1: Yeah, like it, it's one of the editing tools in Instagram, actually. So it's worth going on there and having just having a little play with it. And in all other editing, all the other apps, you there, it'll, you can actually change the vignette on your photograph,
0: and it will actually change the mood of it quite a lot. Do you have any good tips for do's and don'ts with photography for people, you know, wanting to start out? I think really the main thing is if you
1: really love photography, then that's half the thing. The second thing is just practicing. Practice, practice, practice. Um, You do have to sort of um, play around with the buttons if you have got a DSLR. Play around with the buttons. Take some photographs. You know, they they don't have to be perfect. You can just experiment a bit. Sometimes photos that are a bit blurred, a bit out of focus—it's all part of the process of learning. And you can actually create some really beautiful pictures just by having a having a play around on your camera. Do's um, I would say absolutely using a tripod is pretty important if you are shooting still life of any kind or interiors. It's just it just. just means everything's straight you can take your time and line everything up and again as I said earlier you can change the shutter speed as well if you're shooting on manual um so yeah there are a couple of the things that I definitely would recommend I think really it's it's just a case of experimenting and what I've been doing the last year is I've been making the most of the time I've had and just taking photos I mean I've got thousands and thousands of photographs that never even see the light of day and they pro- half of them probably won't either they pro- half of them probably need i probably need to get rid of them but um it's just it's just a case of just keep shooting keep taking photographs and really developing your skills and learning what makes a really lovely composition and uh, just trying new things shooting you know your family trying to if you're wanting to photograph people you just need to keep practicing um it's all about practice really I
0: think when it comes to photography and the more you can practice I think the better it makes you yeah you mentioned YouTube as somewhere to go for inspiration but who did you look to when you were starting out were there any photographers that you used for you know to, you look to not
1: really no but what I did do I used to buy interior magazines sort of 15, 20 years ago, um, I had um, a couple of subscriptions and I absolutely loved them. And what I I did is I actually cut out the images and I made scrapbooks out of these magazines because I found them so inspiring. And I've still got these scrapbooks and I still look through them when I need some inspiration. And they're almost um, pre-Pinterest sort of scrapbooks, whereas now I don't really do them anymore. I'll probably use Pinterest instead. I do... You know, these books were before that time, but... As I say, I still look through them, and um, if ever I see an image that i love'll I'll either pin it on Pinterest or tear it out of the magazine and and sort of take inspiration from it, whether it's the textures or the colors um you know, and sort of try try my own version, not copying obviously nothing like that, but just taking inspiration from it from from maybe um the texture or a prop that they've used or the colors um you know or the flowers maybe that they've used, just taking inspiration and sort of creating your you know, trying out your own version of it.
0: And looking forward, are there any particular magazines uh, or shoots that you would absolutely love to work on in the future?
1: Well, I would love to, um, I would love to photograph for books, um, publishers' books for, you know, when they, publishers that create interior books and lifestyle books, I would absolutely love to be one of the photographers that they turn to that's my goal um it's sort of at the moment I'm trying to get a foot in the door and just trying to get on their radar because I think that sort of thing can take years I think they have a list of photographers that they use and they go to for every book but I would love I would love to be a part of that I'd love to be a part of telling that story I think for me photography is it's a visual thing and it's about telling a story rather than just going in there and just taking a photograph. It's about what what mood are we trying to get from this photograph? Are we trying to get warm and cosy? Are we trying to get something a little bit magical? Um, I love that. I love trying to recreate a mood through a photograph. So and telling a story. Same with the house tours that I do. It's all about showing how the house owner has got to where they are and trying to make it quite, you know, moody and trying to draw the viewer in. It's all about telling a story. And I really love that part of it. And are there house tours in a magazine? Yes. Yeah, so um, I shoot for Reclaim magazine amongst others. I mean, I've got some, you know, a few home tours in a few different magazines at the moment. So, um, yeah, they go out to all different... all. Di- once you've sold them once to a magazine, you then put them into an agent and they resell them to other magazines. So again, which is all a bit of a learning curve and something that um, I'm learning about at the moment.
0: Your home is really, really beautiful. And it's quite Insta-famous really now, isn't it? Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, It's been around the block a few, a few times. But yes, it's It's a lovely house.
1: And um, people do love seeing it, I think. People love seeing it on Instagram. And so yeah, I love sharing it and, and hopefully inspiring people. Um, as you know, a lot of a lot of the house is full of vintage bits and bobs and reclaimed things and you know a lot of car boot you know treasures and stuff
0: like that. Well I was going to bring up that about car boot because it's in your Instagram uh, bio yes. and that's what was going to make me ask you about how you created your home because there is a bit of a story to it isn't there?
1: Yeah so I moved here and um I was getting divorced basically so um when I moved here, it was, you know, I'd had a really, really tough couple of years. And the day I moved into this house, it was, it was absolutely amazing. It was like a weight had been lifted from my shoulders. But on the other hand, I had this house that was um, very, very unloved. It was, I mean, it was dirty. It wasn't in a good state um so i knew that i had my work cut out straight away and i will say as well as when i looked around it i could tell that it had great potential because i could i could see that there were lots of original features i mean like i said it was filthy it was full of furniture and um dirty washing everywhere it was it was pretty gross but i i was i could see that the rooms were a generous size and that it had original fireplaces and ceiling roses and by the time i left i was walking down the road and my heart was beating and i knew that i had to i knew that i had to have it so i came and viewed it a second time and then put it in an offer and luckily here i am now but it did take um, a good few months to get it straightened out but actually it was a lot of white paint a lot of cleaning pulling out all the the, the smelly brown carpet that was in here and i had a really amazing support network. I had my parents who came and helped me and I had some friends who would come and help me and we'd paint walls and um, yeah, very quickly actually we were able to turn it from something that was very unloved into a house that was a very good blank canvas for filling with all um, my bits and bobs and obviously I didn't have a huge budget as well so um, it was pretty important to me that I, I... to car boot fairs and charity shops I didn't have lots of money to go online and go to designer shops and spend a fortune on lighting and furniture it was the stuff that I had and then I added to it by going around you know auctions car boot fairs charity shops that sort of thing so and I love that that I filled the house with lots of history Um, it's something that it just makes me so happy to be surrounded by stuff that's all you know, slightly—it's all lots of patina and all slightly knackered. You know the furniture I've got, but I love that. It's all lived in and loved, and it's got a very warm feel to it. I think when you surround yourself with stuff that's old and that's got history,
0: it, it's just lovely. Yeah, you've got a beautiful. Well, I've been to your house and it is really stunning. So thank you. <laughs> it's very much a work in pro- progress, as you know. It's um,
1: lots to do, but yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress.
0: Well, same here. It it never stops. Norwich is a place sort of well known for retro and vintage as well. So you're in the right. Area, aren't you for finding pieces where do you go to look in Norwich itself? Uh, Norwich has got some great places for vintage um, and in the last five years as well there's even places that have popped
1: up for vintage clothing as well so the main places that I go to for treasure hunting um, there's a place called Luce's which is a huge vintage emporium um, down in the city which is two floors absolutely full of old stuff basically so I can easily go and while away a nice half an hour in there looking around at all their stuff um and loads of charity shops around there as well but really the car boot fairs around here are absolutely incredible and even even last summer when they started up again it was so amazing to get back out there have a good rummage through the boxes and find some lovely china and, you know, all sorts of bits and bobs. Um, I often need props because of what I do. So um, really, you know, I rely on these car boot fairs for finding props for
0: for shoots quite a lot of the time. So I'm I'm really hoping that they start up again in the spring. So how would you describe your colour palette? Because have you ever worked out your seasonal type, which is something you can do in interior design? Have you ever done that? Do you know what? I haven't. I think with really with colour, it's very... um, I just gravitate
1: naturally towards uh pastels, um, faded colours, faded vintage colours. Um I really love those colours so much and they all work together. I, to be honest, I've never really planned this house. It all kind it's all kind of over the years, layered upon layered, it's all sort of slowly fallen into place. Um, because I, I think I am quite lucky. I, I am one of those people that can go into a charity shop or go to a carpet fair and, and see something and go that will work you know um and i think it's all it's all a bit of a happy accident really <laughs> this house but it does all fit together well you know fit together quite nicely but i think because i've deliberately chosen that quite pastel palette faded colours it all just works really nicely together um, i am getting braver with colour i've got some crazy wallpaper up on my landing now it's um, vintage floral wallpaper that i actually got from Lucy's, um the shop that i was telling you about earlier Um it's very floral, it's very 1970s, but it's absolutely amazing. So I've been in the house now for seven years and I am starting to add a bit more colour, be a bit more daring with it. But um yeah, as I say, it's all it's it's all been very gradual. I never planned to do a room and then did the whole lot in one go. It's 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 taken time and it's just layering and layering and adding bits and bobs as I go on, really.
0: So if I were to uh, hazard a guess at your seasonal type if that's okay I would say that you are spring and autumn and I say that because spring is to do with sort of pastel colors very light colors and then you've got the autumn side which is the more vintage elements um and so yeah you're 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 two you're you're kind of both which you know some people are I oh, used to be spring I love but that. I think it's changed which it can do and I'm heading more towards autumn you know my my rooms are becoming a little bit sort of darker and deeper in colour so oh okay that's really interesting Mm. oh thank you I'll have to have a look into that further it's quite interesting isn't it yeah there's some really good books actually quite easy there's one I will recommend it in a bit when it comes to me but it's written by a lady who is amazing with colour and it's quite an old book in fact you know what I'll mention it at the end of the podcast I'll go and find it what, what have you got planned now then? What's what's happening at the moment? Because obviously, like we say, we're at home. What are you doing at the moment and what's coming up for you? Well, um, as I say, I'm working on some video content, which is something that's it's, it's
1: a learning curve. So it's quite time consuming, trying to work out how to do it. I've, I've just bought a gimbal. Which is something that I'm trying to get <laughs> trying to get my head around so a gimbal is something that you stick a camera on um, when you're doing video it's all very swish and I'm trying to get my head around it, which um yeah isn't isn't going so well, but I will get there so video content and really I do want to do a bit of marketing I do want to um, email some of these publishers and get myself on their radar so in five to ten years when they're looking for new photographers I, I'm there you know on their radar um what else I mean the children when they're here they're kind of home learning so that you know that it does limit a little bit what I can do but really I think it's just making the best of the time that I've got and trying to learn these new skills um and I do actually need to carve a little bit of time out as well I think for doing something creative just for myself just not even to share just um a bit of crafting or something I think you we can all get so hung up on trying to make the most of this time and trying to achieve something and trying to tick things off our list. And actually, I think sometimes you just need to sit back and do something for you, you know, whether it's a bit of gardening or uh, some crafting, just something creative for you that you don't even have to share um, just to nurture that side of you. Otherwise, the pressure can get, I don't know, the pressure to sort of feel like you're achieving constantly when you're on a lockdown situation, I think
0: get a bit much can't it yeah the gardening is such a good idea I mean obviously you can't get outside too much at the moment but just being around plants is just so therapeutic isn't it it's such a tonic for the soul
1: isn't it well I mean looking back we we had that sunshine you know we had
0: yeah I've noticed it's getting a bit lighter every day now though
1: yeah it is tiny little bit every
0: day I said to the children the other day oh it's Still light, and it's four o'clock, and they're like, Okay. (laughs) The things you notice as you get older, isn't it? Yeah, the things you notice when you get older. (laughs) Listen, thank you very much for chatting to me. And I'm really looking forward to when we can meet up in Norwich for a a cup of tea, which hopefully soon. That'd be
1: lovely. Oh, looking forward to that so much. That would be so lovely, Lucy. Can't wait. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. Hope you enjoyed that chat. Before I forget, the book I was just talking about to Tamsin. Is called The Beginner's Guide to Colour Psychology by Angela Wright, and it really is a fantastic read, so do check it out. You can find Tamsin's work over on her website, which is tamsinmorgans.com. That's Tamsin with a Y, and really do visit her Instagram page, you won't regret it. That's at Tamsinmorgans. My website is lucylovesy.com for my design services and inspiration, and I'd love you to come and say hi on Instagram, which is lucygleasoninteriors. Of course, subscribe to to hear more chats and get the weekly updates. We'll be on episode four next time and it will be another super guest. So until then, have a good one.